the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, everybody, you're listening to The Dennis Prager Show, intentionally or unintentionally. Some of you might be in your parents' car, and that's who I'm referring to generally. There might be the unintentional somebody found a radio turned it on and the person prior to that person was listening to the station I'm on. In any event, welcome to the program. And I hate to start out, I'd like to start out with a positive. Give me a positive. Give me a really positive thought about, okay, I'll accept that. We have not seen locusts yet. We've certainly seen darkness in Southern California. It's going backwards, the plagues. That's right. Donald Trump is still president of the United States. Very good. That was a good one. Leave it to the living martyr to come up with the happiest thought. That's a bad sign. If the living martyr is the one who comes up with the happiest thought, that is not a good sign. You know, I answer you very often when you go, how are you, Dennis? You know, because how are you is the American way of saying hello. So I've often been saying I'm fine, my country isn't. The reason I say that is that's what I feel. I don't hide from you what I feel. I... I have too much respect for you. I have too much respect for me, for that matter. I, I can't fake it. Never been good at faking. There's an attempt to undo the American Revolution. It's a very serious threat. Reading Michael Anton's book, and it reinforces uh, my understanding of what has happened, which is that this began 100 years ago. With uh, Woodrow Wilson and, uh, was it Thomas Dewey? What's Dewey's first name? John Dewey? Uh, Yeah, John Dewey. Was Dewey his first name and Decimal his last name? How many people, hey, Sean, did you ever hear of the Dewey Decimal System? You were taught it? Yeah. You could probably read cursive, you're so old. Do you know, folks, there are times I sign a book to a young person, I write something in cursive, and they ask me what I wrote. But they are learning about how systemically racist America is and what preferred pronouns are about, and that's why you shouldn't send your kid to most schools in the United States. Yes. Do you know about the University of Chicago? This just came out, uh, this... uh, this morning, Department of English 
Since its founding, the English Department at the University of Chicago is committed to questioning and reformulating the basic principles of literary study. Once famous for the Aristotelian Chicago School of Criticism of the 1950s, today the department ranked first among English departments in the U.S. Who ranked them first? U.S. News and World Report? Stands out for its interdisciplinary approach to literature and its commitment to close reading combined with historical and conceptual analysis. So they've put out this statement here. The English Department at the University of Chicago believes that Black Lives Matter, that's the, that's the group, and that the lives of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McCade, and Rayshard Brooks matter. Right, but do they know the circumstances in each case? And, and Okay, I won't even go into that right now. As do thousands of others named and unnamed who have been subject to police violence. Wow. So it's a defamation of police. Thousands. I thought it was more like 15. Thousands? Police violence. All right, not, okay, not killed. And... But and the thousands of whites, that's a coincidence. When you interact violently with police, that's police violence. As literary scholars, we attend. Oh, that's such that's such academies. Who talks that way? Do you attend to the histories? Atmospheres. Oh my God, atmospheres. How's your atmosphere? Is it is it cool? Is it tense? I'd like to incorporate that into my language. By the way, today, in honor of the University of Chicago History Department, instead of asking me, how are you, Dennis? Ask me, how's your atmosphere, Dennis? Right? And, and we could explain. It's in honor of the... Uh, the, the garbage that comes out of the University of Chicago Department of English. We're honoring the University of Chicago, which was once a great university. It was it was really a standout. It's the last. It's one of the last to fall, victim to communism. We attend to the histories, atmospheres, and scenes of anti-black racism and racial violence in the United States and across the world. We are committed to the struggle of black and indigenous people and all racialized and dispossessed people against inequality and brutality. For the 2020-2021 graduate admissions cycle, the University of Chicago English Department is accepting only applicants interested in working in and with black studies. We understand black studies to be a capacious intellectual project that spans a variety of methodological approaches, fields, geographical areas, languages, and time periods. Wow. So you can't get into the English department there if you don't study, if you don't uh, study what? Black studies, whatever that means. 
English departments have been notorious uh, in being uh, left-wing. Why you would pay your child to learn to hate America and police. You know, police are shot at now more often than before, just randomized shooting. Is any of the rhetoric of the left responsible for that? One can only hope that uh, that Major League Baseball, football, and the NBA uh, have such awful ratings. I know, I know, I know. This is this is truly anecdotal. I acknowledge it, though. As someone has said, statistics are the compilation of anecdotes, which is probably true. Enough anecdotes is a statistic. The number of people who have written to me to tell me they're a lifelong and then you fill in the name of the team fan and now they can't stand their team. And you're right. Cheer for people who have contempt for you in the country. Read the second sentence of the next paragraph. Second sentence of the next paragraph? Beginning with together. Okay. Together with students, we attend, both attend, yes, we attend. What does attend? I don't even understand what it means here. We attend to. We at, oh, it, oh, it comes with an atmosphere. We attend to your atmosphere. We attend both to literature's capacity to normalize violence and derive pleasure from its aesthetic expression. They're kidding me. You notice, by the way, this is one of the features of all leftism, generalizations with no specifics. I'm a generalizations fan, but I always give examples. Every column I write, here's my generalization, this is the specific. My Tuesday column went up, unfortunately, 12 hours late, uh, but it is a very important column on the concept of the moral in, on the left. I might talk about it in the Ultimate Issues Hour. You're not done. When I'm not done? From its, and ways to use the representation of that violence to reorganize how we address making and breaking life. I have no idea what that means. God, you're not only wasting your money going to the University of Chicago English Department. You're hurting yourself. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 500 
Hey, a reminder, this is a great time to do a refi, new fi, hi-fi. What other fi's can you do? Even a reverse mortgage. I'm proud of these guys. Do you know that they have been doing this from the first week of the lockdown? When people were doing nothing, they were helping people get new mortgages or refinance their current mortgage, which is like a new mortgage, so same thing. The rates are extraordinary. It's one of the only bright things in this very dark period. Andrew and Todd are their names. AndrewandTodd.com. They are at Sierra Pacific Mortgage. AndrewandTodd.com. Been in it the whole time. I like these guys. 888-888-1172. I don't know why you wouldn't uh, go for a refi or a new fi at this time. With the rates that low. AndrewandTodd.com. Dennis Prager. Here. Hello. Hello, everybody. We're told that uh, these fires in California, where I am I am witness to, I look outside the window here, I see nothing virtually, just smoke. And we're not in the immediate vicinity. The smoke is all over. You walk outside your house here, you breathe in smoke it smells smoke there was a, a a song in the 50s i smell smoke in the auditorium charlie brown he's a clown you want to find that sean that i just engaged in a level of absurdity that even for me stretches the boundaries It's all blamed on global warming because truth is not a left-wing value. And if if everybody says it, it must be true. And everybody is the left-wing press, which is redundant. The press is all left-wing, with very few exceptions. All right, there you go. A truly classic piece of music. It's the coasters? All right. It goes like this, folks. Beethoven's fifth, Tchaikovsky's fourth, Charlie Brown, he's a clown. Some people put it above Tchaikovsky's fourth. But those people who do are homophobic because Tchaikovsky was gay. I, I I have a feeling that that uh, I don't. You always wonder what does the left have left, and then they they dig up something. There's so little racism in the country that they had to come up with microaggressions. They had to just lie. That if you say that there's only one race, the human race, gee, that's racist. Or if you say that uh, you're colorblind, or the ideal is to be colorblind, that's racist. And people buy it, which has been depressing. Watching the number of Americans who have bought the lies of the left has been one of the sad revelations of my life. I always thought that brainwashing by media can only take place 
in a totalitarian state, not in a free country. So you're told that it's all, oh, it's global warming. After all, they set a record in, in the L.A. area uh, one day this uh, this summer. So what? One day's record? As I live here, it was it was a generally very mild summer. We had very few truly hot days. One of them was extremely hot. So there also been records of, of record cold every every winter somewhere in the world, somewhere in the United States. So what? This is all to prepare you for if God forbid the Democrats win, they will they will further wreck the economy of America. The first wreckage is the lockdown. The most imbecilic, vile National act in American history outside of uh, of uh, of slavery, but that was not imbecilic. It was just vile. I mean, I'm talking about mistakes, not evils. There's nothing to compare to this, but it's become it's become vile. It started out as a mistake. Where I live, you still can't dine in a restaurant. California is 25th in the country, exact middle, in deaths per million. Do you know that uh, unless uh, I acknowledge this is what I'm about to tell you is so incredible that you understandably will want to look it up. But I have read so on so many sites that I trust that anyone who is tested positive with COVID and dies... COVID is listed as the reason, including, now, tell me if you if you understand this differently, I'm looking at my producer. You're in a car crash. You die in the hospital. You're, after you've tested positive, you are listed as a COVID death. There are many anecdotes to that effect. There are many stories to that effect. That is exactly right. Not only that, you get more money as a hospital if it's a COVID patient. Do you think hospitals are, are all saying, oh, we, don't, we will forego the money because we're not sure? Not only that, uh, this I did read from the CDC. If the doctor suspects that you had COVID, they list COVID. I hope that I am around. I, I hope to be around for a long time, but I don't know how long a time it will take for the truth to come out about how the American people were screwed. I'm sorry to use such vulgarity. If you if you can tell me a non-vulgar term that conveys the same emotional angst, I will use it. Befuddled, fooled, cheated, scammed, Hoodwinked? Doesn't quite do it, does it? I'm sorry. I am sorry. But I I need to convey, sometimes, to convey the moral awfulness of an act, you need the proper verb. Same thing with the fires. The environmentalists are far more responsible for these fires than global warming is. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, he's a 
Hey, everybody, Dennis Prager here. I have a book in front of me, which is it's sort of like a wish list book. I want to know about every president because I think that the route to history is through biography. For me, I don't say that's true for everybody. But I learn more about history by learning about a single individual and the times in which that individual lived than I do reading some uh, greater macro history. So sure enough, a man with impeccable credentials, Robert Spencer, has written a book, Rating America's Presidents. There's something on every president, even William Henry Harrison, who was president for 30 days. Robert Spencer, incidentally, is a Shillman Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. This book is... Oh, good. Oh, here's the subtitle. I like it. The subtitle is An America First Look at Who is Best, Who is Overrated, and Who Was an Absolute Disaster. (laughs) And the book is up at DennisPrager.com. Robert Spencer, this must have been a blast. Oh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Uh, Going through it, I had exactly the same experience you're talking about that it really gives the sweep of American history via the lens of the adventures of each president and the evaluation of each president. And in doing so, it provides an antidote to the left's uh, war on our history today, an attempt to make Americans ashamed of being American and hate our own uh, history and heritage. I have to admit, I've had you on for almost every book you've written or every book, and you generally write on Islam. So this is a change yeah. of pace for you. Yeah, well, this is something I've been interested in since I was a small child, as a matter of fact. Uh, I remember uh, when I was six or seven learning all the president's names in order and so on and always been interested in it. And it seems to me that the way that we are now having our history taken from us, it was imperative for there to be written some histories that would be written from the perspective of all the greatness that America has constituted. And so I thought it's time now to branch out and diversify a bit. Well, you did a good job. So I got a few questions. First of all, which president, before you wrote the book, did you know the least about uh, that would have to be somebody like General Grant, who I rated very high, who is ordinarily rated as a failure. He's one of the um, ones that I rehabilitate in this book. There are others who are revered uh, everywhere who I actually rate very low. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. I'm, I'm surprised. So you knew less about Grant than about William Henry Harrison? Well, William Henry Harrison, like you said, there's very little to say about him. I did. I do have in the book pretty much everything he did during those 30 days before he got sick. It's uh, actually a misnomer that people think that he got sick at his inauguration. Yeah, that's what I and thought. Was never functioning. Yeah, actually, he functioned as president. He stood up to uh, Daniel Webster, who tried to uh, 
uh, takes the control of the presidency from him. Uh, he probably would have been a strong chief executive, but we'll never know. Grant, of course. Wait, wait, wait. So forgive me. What, what, forgive me. What did he die of? Oh, well, he did die of pneumonia. There's no doubt. But he contracted it on the 26th of March, and he died on April 4th. He was inaugurated on March 4th. So he was actually a functioning president for about three weeks. Are autographs, I always think about this because I get a kick out of autographs. Are autographs of him as president very expensive? Uh, you know, that, you've got me. That is something I've never looked into. Right, but isn't it, it's an interesting question, autograph. isn't it? I always think about that. You know, uh, autographs of yeah, John Adams. Them, yes, exactly. As president, yes. Uh, I'm going to look well, that you know, up. I, yeah. It's a funny thing because actually in the book I've got where he wrote on a piece of paper, President William Henry Harrison, when his authority was being challenged in his own cabinet. And he handed it to Webster and said, read this out. And he said, President William Henry Harrison. And he said, that's right. Don't forget it. And I'm going to make the decision that is at hand right now. And so I wonder, is that paper around and who has it? Yeah, no kidding. All right, we're going to be back in a moment. The book is up at DennisPrager.com, Rating America's Presidents. Stuff to know and an antidote to the left's lies about America. By Robert Spencer. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager speaking with Robert Spencer, who is a sort of a walking almanac. Anybody, do kids know what an almanac is, by the way? <laughs> Robert, right? I'm I don't right. Know if there I'm are right. almanacs anymore. Yes. Do you know? Just Google. It gives you an idea how we ha- were born with a nature like you, you know, memorized the presidents as a kid. I bought the almanac the day it came out every year, and I read it like a book. I, I wanted to know as much as I could from the almanac. It was so much fun, the population yeah, of know, every country. You did that too. I believe that. Yeah, and the heads of state. And the heads of state. I can still name a lot of the heads of state from like 1974. That's valuable. Useless information. Right. Well, well, maybe, yeah. No, no, I was joking. I was joking. I I was with you on the useless. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I I, I, the same thing. I understand. I I bought flag cards, which nobody remembers. They They were my version of baseball cards, which I also bought. And I still know every flag in the world. Oh, yeah. What you learn as a oh, kid, that is why it is so good for kids to memorize. Oh, no doubt about it, yes. And actually, it was the, it was that memorization that made me interested lifelong in U.S. history and led to this book. Well, I want, I want everybody to know how good your judgment is because the, the, the litmus test for me is Calvin Coolidge. And you give him 10 out of 10. And that's it. Yes. So, so you won me over just with Coolidge. Well, I love that. If uh, if I were carving, recarving Rushmore today, <laughs> it, Coolidge would be right on it. I'm with you. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt, I'm afraid, would have to be dropped off along with Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson, of course, was a greater statesman than a president, and he was uh, great for writing the Declaration of Independence and being involved in the founding. But as president, he was not so effective. 
Uh, Coolidge was effective in every way. He uh, lowered taxes, cut regulations, got the economy booming. He uh, kept us out of a dangerous and unnecessary foreign entanglement in terms of the League of Nations, the precursor to the United Nations, with the Dawes Plan named after his vice president, Charles Gates Dawes, who's actually the only vice president, the only president or vice president to have a hit single. But in any case, uh, the Dawes Plan relaxed the uh, reparations charges on Germany, which if it had been followed through, which it was not, then it might have been there might have been no Hitler because Hitler was able to to capitalize on the resentment that was caused by those reparations payments for World War One. Coolidge tried to head all that off. How do you rate uh, Wilson? Wilson gets a zero out of right, ten. Yeah, Absolutely disastrous. Yeah. Uh, of course, he set the stage for the internationalism that has plagued us for so long now. Uh, with saying that we were entering World War One in order to make the world safe for democracy. It sounds great, it sounds noble and high-minded, but really we would expend our resources pretty quickly trying to make sure that all the other countries in the world have good governments. And meanwhile, American infrastructure is crumbling and Americans are suffering, having to pay for the benefit of everybody else. Uh, and so Trump is to be commended for standing directly and explicitly against that internationalism in a way that has not been done in decades. Who was president before Wilson? William Howard Taft. So when the country elected, when they went from the Republican Taft to the progressive Wilson, were they aware of what they were voting for? Almost certainly not. Uh, In the first place, the waters were a bit muddied because Taft himself was a progressive Republican. And Theodore Roosevelt then outflanked him and ran as an even greater progressive, which is one of the reasons why he's the only incumbent to finish third out of three, uh, because he was not really a conservative, and yet there was no alternative for conservatives, and people, uh, the Republicans were split. If they had not been split, Wilson would never have been elected. But he wasn't really chosen by the American people over those guys. It's just that there were two Republican candidates. And they and they were? Teddy so Roosevelt and? Howard Taft. Oh, Howard Taft ran Howard for Taft. re-election. I see. Yes. So who, putting aside Coolidge, who was the... Uh, I'm talking now prior to Coolidge. Who was the last conservative Republican to serve as president? Right before Coolidge, Harding. He's one of the ones who's rated as a failure by most historians who I rate as right up at the top. I would have given him a 10 out of 10 if it weren't for the Teapot Dome scandal, which is the only thing anybody remembers about him. But I gave him a 9 out of 10 because he's the one really who got the roaring 20s, roaring with... uh, his cuts on taxes and regulations, and uh, he turned things around, ended a lot of the restrictions on the freedom of speech that Wilson had put in. The socialist leader, Eugene V. Debs, was in prison solely for opposing World War I, and uh, Harding freed him, uh, restored a great deal of integrity to the American legal system in the process, and protected the First Amendment. It's a I've never asked a guest this, uh, and it's painful to ask. Would you have sent Americans over to fight in World War One? I? I don't think so. 
it's a, it's of course easy for me to say over a hundred years later, but I don't see any compelling reason to get us involved in that conflict. It's not like World War II. World War II, you have Hitler. He's obviously evil. He, people knew about what was going on to varying degrees in Europe, and that one absolutely we should have gotten involved in. But World War One, Germany was not evil like that. It was a matter of a war for hegemony over uh, Europe, essentially. And even a lot of the people who were fighting it had no idea what it was all about. There was a, uh, as a matter of fact, a German soldier is famous for uh, having said, why are we being shot at in France because an Austrian was killed in Serbia? Oh, God. It's painful when you think about it. All right, we're going to be back in a moment. Robert Spencer's book, Rating America's Presidents. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. This is a lot of fun. At this time in American life, fun is important. Robert Spencer has left his normal scholarly writing and important writing on Islam in the Middle East to write Rating America's Presidents. As far as I'm concerned, he's right on. So, in this brief uh, moments left, having done this survey, if you could go back to a certain time and feel happiest as an American, when would it be? I would have to say 1921, right after World War One. We're out of the war, and <clears throat> America is coming back again. A time of prosperity is dawning. Uh, I guess. That would be tempered by, although I don't drink, it would be tempered by prohibition because uh, I think that was a silly law. But otherwise, it sounds great to be there. Uh, great time of in arts and literature as well. Interesting. It's a hundred years ago. Yes. Wow. What about the fifties? The fifties is good, uh, but I do note that Eisenhower is. Responsible to a tremendous degree for uh, the one-party system that we essentially have had up until Donald Trump. When he was elected, a lot of Republicans thought, assumed, that he was going to roll back a lot of the New Deal big government programs. And instead, he embraced them, and he made the Republican Party embrace them. He made the Republican Party into the limp, dishrag, McCain-Romney thing that it's been, uh, for the most part, since then by making it essentially echo the Democratic Party agenda, and the Democrats set the agenda. The Republicans only say, oh, yes, we'll do that, but we could do it a little bit more efficiently. That's exactly right. That's why Democrats love Eisenhower. They, oh, yeah. they always say, oh, we have no problem with Republicans. Look, look, look at our veneration of Dwight Eisenhower. Yes, controlled opposition. What did you call it? The limp dishrag of uh, McCain? Yes. Well, not McCain, Dole, Romney. I mean, think about who, who the Republicans Bush, put up. Both of them. Yeah. Well. Really, you, it was only Goldwater and Reagan who were genuine alternatives to the right. Democratic Party agenda. And all the time since Eisenhower. That's exactly right. Well. I wish you well in this book, and I think a lot of my listeners will want it because it's a great survey of American history in a fun way. Rating America's Presidents, Robert Spencer. Robert, see you next book. Pleasure. Thank you, Dennis.
Thank you. It's hard to want, it's hard to embrace unpopularity. The desire of people to be liked and go along and not make waves is greater than the, the desire to do good. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Ambassador. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. 